episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, I am joined in person with Patrick McDermott, of course, and over video, but over the phone, Jake Carlson. Jake, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, Atlanta is getting warmer for those of you that care. Um, But as uh, some know, it's not going to matter in a little bit what the weather feels like because soon i'll just be saying oh it's 75 degrees or or 70 and sunny you know <laughs> that's san diego every day so yeah so we're happy to have you join the same coast as both of us here in just a couple of months jake but until then the weather is a little breezy today outside but otherwise as picture perfect as it gets in la and with all that being said it's draft week so draft week with the nfl draft coming out <laughs> Oh, well, not coming out. But with the NFL draft being on Thursday, we're doing an NFL mock draft 2022. So with the first overall pick, we have Patrick McDermott. Second overall pick, Jake Carlson. Third overall pick will be myself, the CGA Tour by Calvin Glenn Alexander. And then we'll keep going in that same order through the whole first round. Sounds Uh, great. No trades. And hopefully we're just going to kind of announce it every time formulaically of... All right, with the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select, and then I go don't, from there. Don't give away my pick. Now. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. But <laughs> and I think, uh, I, I think you know, we're obviously all big sports fans, and we we get it. You know, we the NFL cycle and everything. I don't know about you guys, but even more so than the Super Bowl, I have woke up every morning the last couple days and gone, okay, only you know, eight days until the draft. Only, only seven days until the draft. Like I literally, I, I've thought about it every day. It's just the best. It's like, it's Christmas morning when we finally get to the draft. And for those of us who, who obviously follow football, love football, um, you know, dream is to be a GM, you know, you want to run your team. And tonight, you know, speaking for myself, I get to be the GM of the Jags, the Jets, the Giants, the Texans. <laughs> so like it's, it's, it's dream job all in one night. Uh, time not, is like 10, not the Rams though, not the Rams. No, not first, no first round picks. picks. They, yeah. they don't care about the, if they, don't they care could about give the away all their draft picks, they would, Oh which yeah. they, they could. So, you know, maybe they'll try to break some kind of record, but yeah, we will not see the Rams tonight. We will not see the bears tonight. There's some other, some other notable teams we're not going to see, um, but any other any other housekeeping before we get to the first pick here? You know what? I think we'll just kind of housekeep on the fly for the rest of it um, as needed. But Patrick, go ahead and take it away. Okay, so so with that being said, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been on the clock uh, since since January, really, since week <laughs> seventeen. Um, they've had a long time to figure out what they're going to do with this pick, and by all accounts, they don't know yet. Maybe they do, but there are still a lot of reports coming out of the building. That's not what we're doing tonight. We're not predicting what they're going to do. We're saying, what are we going to do? So what I am going to do is with the number one pick, with the first pick in the NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher out of Michigan. Uh, he's a can't-miss player. You know, he's he's got a, he's a big-body guy. He's got a ton of quickness. 
came back for another year of eligibility and boy did it pay off like not just personally but he takes Michigan to a fantastic season um and he's very much the heart of, he, he was very much the heart and soul of that team um I love him in Jacksonville they don't have great guys like they have that they have contracted for a while so an obvious hole there uh love the Jags taking Hutchinson I love how the, the first overall, like the team with the first overall pick this year is not needs quarterback, right? Like that's how every single year it well, usually is, yes. but <laughs> arguably Trevor Lawrence, depending could on how you feel about answer, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. but you've got to try to see it through urban Meyer thing. Gosh, we don't even know anymore. I, I don't know anymore. I don't know what that was. I don't know why they did that, but the 30 for 30 eventually will be amazing. It yeah. will be impressive. The Josh Lambeau, like player character actor with the Urban Meyer player character actor who kick each other, you know, who gets kicked or kicks the kicks. Can't Josh kick your Lambeau. players, even, yeah. even your kickers. You, you can't do even it. They, yeah. Or was he the punter kicker? I don't remember. He was something of the team. Place but, kicker, I think. Yeah. With all that being said, Jake, I, I think, I think we kind of knew. I think we knew. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say it wow. was like a like a foregone conclusion. Eight hundred someone's going to number one overall, but are you ready with number two? I am, and you know, Aiden Hutchinson, he might not be my number one pick, but I can see why people would draft him. He's a safe um, pick. He's an like he's, you're not going to miss bad on him if you do miss. Right, right. I, I I definitely agree with that, and you know, he's going into a place that doesn't really have expectations, which is. Um, Always a good for a number one pick. So my number two pick that I told you guys before was going to uh, maybe surprise you a little bit is going to be Kyle Hamilton from uh, Notre Dame to the Detroit Lions. Um, I, 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 one, I'm not taking any of these quarterbacks in number two. Um, I know our, our uh, pro football focus thing has them needing a quarterback, a linebacker, and a defensive back. I think um, there aren't many linebackers that I would take this high, and they're also, um, I think, again, Kyle Hamilton and, you know, Patrick, I know you're, you like Notre Dame. And so I think Kyle Hamilton is probably one of the, as well, safer picks that you know he's just going to be a very solid player for, um, a long period of time, especially around a team that uh, needs to get a little bit better everywhere. And I think oftentimes the best way to help out your corners is by giving them a surefire safety. I like it. I like it. And, and Kyle Hamilton, like he really does play sideline to sideline on both, like against both right. the run and the pass. So yeah. he's, he's just incredible at finding the ball in the air and, and obviously has, has, a little bit of speed concerns after the combine, but I think most guys watched the film and were like, all right, we're not worried about him. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to go and say with the Texans, the pro football (laughs) focus here says needs, and they didn't even put a position. They just go every position because that's true. The Texans do need help everywhere. I mean, it's, it's not just one spot. So it is a pick of the litter, but with that being said, I'm not taking a quarterback for them. I hope that they're, for Texans fans, I hope that they are thinking the same thing, to not reach and take Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, et cetera. They have the third overall pick. Let's go ahead and take one of the best guys available here. And with the third overall pick, the Houston Texans select Evan Neal, 
uh, tackle from Alabama. It's not Pro Football Focus's best tackle in the draft. It's not even their second best tra- tackle in the draft. But the guy's out of Alabama. To me, at least, that is like the surefire tackle in the draft, safe bet. You're with the third overall pick. Let's just go ahead and get a guy who's going to keep your quarterback upright for the next year. See if Davis Mills could do something. And maybe you don't want him to do something either. Maybe you just really are going, <laughs> hey, the C.J. Stroud, Spencer Rattler under a different regime. Um, oh, gosh, you know, Caleb Williams, a bunch of other quarterbacks next year. Maybe just go, you know what, let's get an t- offensive tackle that'll last us for 10 years, be a solid key piece of our offense of line for, I mean, for the quarterback we draft next year's entire future. And have a year to adjust instead of our rookie quarterback coming in without a good offensive line. That's just what I'm thinking here. Because I I think it's too early to take a wide receiver. I think there's plenty of wide receivers you can get later on here. If you're the Texans, especially in the second round. So I'm going to go and take Evan Neal tackle out of my I love man. it. I love that pick. And also, I mean, and I'm not one to praise the Texans. Nor should Ooh. anyone be, probably. Probably not. But I just I want you guys to take a look if you if you want to, uh, and I'll just quickly mention it. What the if if this goes as you say, and I think it's a great pick, Evan Neal, number three. All of a sudden, you have him on one side, and you have um, you have Laramie Tunsil on the other side, and then at center you have Justin Britt, who they really like, and they you know they they have him for two three more years too. Um, and their who was their um, their other draft pick a few years ago, Titus Howard. Mm. Uh, like a like a FCS guy so and they they like him a lot and he's he's performed well so like all of a sudden the, the Texans may have a decent foundation on that offensive line they just need you guys around it so they really really do yeah um all right cool. well so so moving on you back yeah, moving on yeah. to the fourth pick so we we've come around now we're at the New York Jets um and so I went I went back and forth a little bit on this one um uh, went between offense and defense. I think they could go either way. Um, but with the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select Iki Aquanu. Ooh. Offensive tackle from uh, North Carolina State. So I, it was between it was t- between uh, him and Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, whether you go edge rusher or offensive tackle. And um, what made the decision for me was I was actually just looking at um, at who the Jets have on contract. And I was surprised that uh, two of their highest three pay or two of their three highest paid players are Car- Carl Lawson, who you might expect, but uh, John Franklin Myers also on the other defensive end. Um, and so they, who they recently gave a, a deal to, I believe from the Rams, I believe he was on the Rams, uh, previously. So they're actually, they're paying those guys way more than I thought. And it doesn't feel like they would go get Thibodeau, um, after getting them. So I'm taking the best tackle available, um, to pair with Makai Becton. George Fant is in the last year of his contract there. Um, so, and they have not extended him. So you don't really think that he's going to be there long-term. They'd love to get another piece and, um, according to most people, um, Aquanu and Neil are, are very close as in the top two tackles <clears> in the draft. So, um, I just see this as, as more protection for Zach Wilson. They're trying to make things as easy for him as possible. So, um, I think he's going to work out really well. I like the, I like to pick a lot just because you have the young quarterback and this is, I think this is something that comes around way too often, but instead of trying to go defense and try to go let's just build like the best defensive scheme ever 
trust in the defensive head coach, right? Trust in Robert Sala to be the guy to not only get good second and third and fourth and fifth, et cetera, round like value out of the defensive guys because he's that type of head coach, but also go, the one thing I'm not great at is being an offensive coordinator. So why don't I go ahead and help out the offensive line the best I can? And I think that's a great point. 100%. And I would, I would add to, before I move on, that like the Jets have so many picks in this draft, including at number 10. Um, so would not be at all surprised if they if they take one of those offense, one defense. So this time I chose to take the tackle first. Um, so we'll just see what they do at 10. All right. Well, Jake, you are up on the clock for the it, New York it is a It is a lovely day when New York teams are trash, isn't it? <laughs> um, so the Giants. I am going to go Charles Cross at five. He is the third tackle taken already, three in a row. Um, so I'm going to go Charles Cross just because, I mean, he's arguably the top tackle in the draft. You know, Calvin chose um, Evan Neal, which basically, like, I don't necessarily think that you can go wrong with any of these three tackles. It probably just depends on scheme and fit and all that kind of stuff, which um, we have a lot of teams to worry about here. So uh, we're not, we can't be, can't, <laughs> don't have the uh, time to figure all that out. So I'm going to go Charles Cross. Um, for the Giants, I think they need a strong foundation. I don't think Daniel Jones is their quarterback for the future. Agreed. Um, but again, I think it goes, you know, I always think back of that Ravens team, for example, that won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. Yeah, he won Super Bowl MVP, but he's not the one that took them there. Um, that Ravens defense with a lot of similar guys also took Trent Dilfer to the Super Bowl. So I think if you, if you build that team with – Solid wide receivers, solid defense, um, and an offensive line where people can actually move, then you are uh, pushing yourself to be much better. So, yeah, I think I think picking a tackle for the Giants is uh, is an easy pick. I think it's interesting that we just all know how much the tackles can really make a huge difference um, yeah. in the NFL. That's I don't want to like go on a whole rant about Dak Prescott having a huge amount of success in week, you know, one through 10 of his rookie season, basically by being supported by a great offensive line. But I think there is something to that for sure. And I mean, Daniel Z- Jones needs Zeke help. Too. And Zeke too. Yeah. You had, we well, have MVP and rookie of the year guys. Yeah. Um, same team. Well, yeah. And, and arguably no, probably no, one no, of the best. No. Yeah. Not MVP, but not yeah, MVP, rookie, but no. rookie of the year. Rookie. And then like, Offensive player of the year, I think. I think rookie year and offensive yeah. player of the yeah. year. I think those are the two. Multiple-time yeah. uh, rushing leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's probably behind one of the best offensive lines ever. Right? In recent memory, yeah, in the, in the last few decades for sure. So it, it matters, like Calvin said, basically. It matters. 100%. Yeah. I, I got to say, like, I don't think there's a chance that – a lot of these teams are going to draft tackles and not need them. But there's a great yeah. depth at tackle, too. Um, not really sure I'm saying anything that's groundbreaking, though, as well. Um, I mean, just, just how it is, right? So, yeah, we've got three tackles going in a row. And then to follow that up here, 
I'm I'm going to say that the Carolina Panthers, and again, this is not what I think they'll do. I think there's a good chance Carolina Panthers do something dumb because every single chance they get to chance, they every single chance that Matt Rule can take a dumb quarterback decision, he does it. Now, Sam Darnold, I was fully on board with that decision. I was like, you know what? You buy low, you get in, you see what you got. But granted, you know, you, you probably run it back and you go, why do we do this? Well, the problem is also they bought low and are paying that low like $20 million. Yeah. yeah. So so that's your problem. So that's, which is a huge, huge deal. So they, they bought low as far as the trade capital, you know, kind of getting them, but then they have to pay them, which sucks. So with all that being said, I don't. I, I think the Carolina Panthers could take a Malik Willis here. I do not think that's the move at all. And with this pick, you know, they need quarterback. They need offensive line. But I'll tell you what, there's not great spot, and I don't think that we're going to see four. It's not really what we think is going to happen, but I just I wouldn't do it. And at this point, Carolina's got a lot of corners in their draft room, but they could always use – I mean, an edge guy. So I'm going to take Kayvon Thibodeau here. I think that's just where he stops falling. Um, as far as a value standpoint, I think that it'd be great for the Carolina Panthers to go get him. With all that being said, they have Sam Darnold on the roster. And then they and then that's the little, but they don't have another quarterback on the roster after the end of the season. They have Philip Walker as well. But they're going to have to do something quarterback next year. I just add on and say there's always quarterbacks available. Like the Steelers got Trubisky this year. There's always somebody who's a backup somewhere who looks good for a couple of games and then they're taken. So the Panthers could just go into next season and go, you know what? Like we'll take Thibodeau, but we're building and we know we're building and we'll find throwing out Sam Darnold until he gets injured kind of again, unfortunately, or maybe he doesn't for another season. Like let's give him another season, see what he's got, especially if you can get Christian McCaffrey kind of healthy Talk about Sam Darnold, then maybe you do have some value there. Never know. Is this uh, is this a trade down potential? I I really do think there's a great chance that they actually take Malik Willis here. Yeah, I don't think they trade down. Because um, yeah, anybody that it. would be looking to trade up would be trying to trade up in front of them, most likely. So so it's either it's either someone trades with the Giants after them to try to get ahead of the Falcons and the Seahawks. Because the Falcons mm-hmm. and Seahawks arguably need a quarterback as bad as the Panthers do. Seahawks yeah. may be more. I mean, <laughs> the Seahawks sure do not want to play Drew Locke, but it looks like they might, you know, if they don't take a quarterback tonight. So, um, yeah, that would be I, – I, I think that I think you're right. I think, there, I think there's a decent chance the Panthers take a quarterback there, but I agree. I, I don't think it's the right move. I think that's way too high for any of these guys. Yeah. I, I think so, too, like – they should probably just take best available at that point, right? Uh, uh, probably, yeah. I mean, but yeah, in a, in a perfect world, yeah, probably. So, um, and with with that in mind, um, so now on the clock are the New York Giants again, mm-hmm. um, and I'm actually I'm going back and forth on this one because I'm 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 looking at the Giants secondary. And the problem is they, uh, they're paying both James Bradbury and Adore Jackson a lot. They both have three years right around 30, 43 million. So 
you don't, you don't, you don't love, love that, that you pay to Dory Jackson, Jackson, but I think Sauce Gardner being there is too good a player to pass up. Gosh. Now I kind of want to change the mind. Oh man, the war room, the war room is buzzing right now. I think, gosh, I'm going. I'm going Trayvon Walker with the sixth pick in the draft. The New York Giants take seventh. Seventh pick. I'm sorry, seventh pick. Seventh pick. I'm taking Trayvon Walker. He's obviously a a. Huge, huge physical, physical freak. freak. I mean, he can do everything. He's so quick. Um, and he's just been catapulting up boards recently. Um, there's even some rumblings that he could get taken at two or possibly even one. Um, I mean, I think that if, if he falls this far to the Giants, it's tough. I mean, for me, it, it just kind of came down to the money. Like, I don't think Adoree Jackson is that good, but they've invested so heavily in him and James Bradbury, like obviously. Um, but I just don't know. Like, I don't know if you want to throw Sauce Gardner into that mix. You probably have to trade Adoree. I don't know. I just uh, you can't you can't really see that happening easily. So I'm taking the easier way out with Trayvon Walker. I mean, you yeah, say easy I, way out, but I think he's an incredible player too. I I that that is a great value though if you're the Giants. The so I will say, being the uh, resident SEC person, um, the only not for problem long, that friend. I have twenty twenty five. The only problem that I have with Trayvon Walker um, is he started jumping up draft boards once the combine started, which is you know I'm I'm okay with it, like I'm fine with that, but. I, I have concerns that we didn't hear his name that often on that George defense that was the best in the country. Yeah, Nicobe Dean was was arguably the you know the mo- the most kind of NFL ready looking guy out there. And Jordan just, Davis too. And Jor- well yeah, for sure. Jordan Davis, yeah. Just massive, massive human being. Yeah. So I you know that's one. This I is one I don't know fine. if I. I don't feel great about this one now. Now it, I, I do think I was in a little bit of a win-win spot. Like whether you take yeah. Sauce Gardner or you take Trayvon Walker, I think you're getting you're getting great value both places. The three top tackles are off the board because we got one of them already, and the Giants did. So I I, I feel pretty good about it. And if you have faith in your coaching staff as well, this is a good pick. Which. Again, I don't. I would assume we'll that the Giants do, considering they hired them. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I feel like they would have to. Uh, they would have to like this pick. So. Yeah, I, I can't think. That's I great. mean, like I said, I think it's a great, great value there. Um, great value yeah. to Walker there, where it is. So, all right, Jake. What are you up here Number with the, the Falcons? Need a quarterback, but they have Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I'm not drafting a quarterback. I'll say that. Um, so these are my hometown that I don't root for, Atlanta Falcons. Um, this one's a little tough, but I am just going to go with who I think is probably the best player left right now, the best player available, and that is uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner to the Falcons. 
Um, I, you know, I, I mold between, you know, going to reach on maybe a Lindenbaum or maybe a Jordan Davis and keeping him, um, in Georgia. But I think, uh, I think here getting sauce Gardner is probably the best pick. I mean, the dude, he's just really freaking good. And what was it like? He, he didn't allow a touchdown his entire career at Cincinnati. Could be some, some, something crazy like that. Yeah. There was some insane stat like that. And so I just think, you know, um, yeah, career highlights, never allowed a touchdown. He allowed 14 yards on four targets against Alabama in the college football semifinal. So against some of the best receivers against one of the best teams, he, he did what he was supposed to do. And I think with the Falcons, you might be throwing him into the fire a little bit, but I also think this team is going to be extremely bad. Um, I could see this team easily having the first pick next year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with no quarterback, other, yeah, you or a, a Mariota quarterback, you can't love their chances. No, and but I think Mariota is the perfect guy to have in that locker room. That type of quarterback, he's a really good locker room guy. He's a really good leader. Um, so if the Falcons do choose to draft a quarterback with this pick, it wouldn't surprise me. I personally would not. I would probably wait um, or maybe trade up into a later first round pick, um, kind of feel out who's who's getting drafted. But um, if I were the Falcons here, I would just take best available who you think is going to be a surefire thing opposed to, uh, you know, reaching on. Um, a potential quarterback when, you know, if, if you're anticipating being bad next year and you could get a Stroud or you could get, um, you know, one of those kinds of Bryce guys, young. I, Bryce Young, I would rather bet on that than, you know, no offense to Malik Willis, but then reach on a Malik Willis or, or have a Kenny Pickett who, um, I'm sorry, but like a Kenny Pickett isn't probably going to be better for your team than Marcus Mariota this year. Agreed. Yeah. So that that's why there I think go. the Falcons probably just go with that. I think I'm I think I'm naming this podcast the we're not reaching for quarterbacks because that's what we all three of us have been saying repeatedly. I'm yeah. curious when one of us will take a quarterback here. But with all that being said, we're 26 minutes in and we're still not taking a quarterback. So with the ninth overall pick, the Seattle Seahawks are taking Pro Football Focus's second overall ranked player, not my second overall ranked player at all, but a corner out of LSU, Derek Stingley Jr. Saying that right? Oh, yeah. Um, I think he goes here. I don't think he lasts till the Jets. If you're the, if you're the Seahawks, like you, you're taking this guy. You see that Sauce Gardner just got, just got taken. You wonder if there's going to be a move on corners. There's a lot of great wide receivers on the board here. Jameson Williams. Uh, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, etc. And as much as I would like, as much as I would go, oh, maybe Trent McDuffie is the other corner to take here or an edge because they do need an edge guy. I'm just, I'm not super high on the Big Ten or the Pac-12 for producing like, I don't know. I, I It's going to make me eat my words. I'm not super high on just a guy out of Purdue. I'm not super high on George Carliff. Carlaftis. Thank you. Um, and so, or a Pac-12, like, corner. And I'd much rather take an LSU corner who has much to be desired from recent game tape, but he's still a 
really quality good player and is a top 10 player in my eyes. Love it. Love it. And uh, I'm upset with that because that, so the jets are now on the clock and, and that I had, I had Derek Stingley in the chamber, ready to go for the jets. <laughs> that was going to be my perfect one, two punch with offensive tackle. And then you take defense. Um, so, but that's the draft man. You've, you've put me in an interesting spot. Um, man, these, these New York teams, they are, um, Trash. They're making me sweat over here. So the good news is like, I mean, the, the top, you know, nine guys are off the board. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite. I think of what I, what I said I was going to do. And that's because during Calvin, during your uh, Seahawks pick, I was over here just looking at the jets uh, depth chart and their, um, their salary cap and everything. Corey Davis, you kind of like, you know, Corey Davis, Corey Davis, you know, you're happy is there. Your other two options are Elijah Moore, who's young, and Braxton Berrios, who is um, largely a non-factor. Um, so I'm going to get uh, I am going to get Zach Wilson, the best wide receiver in this class. Uh, so with the tenth pick in the draft, the New York Jets select Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State with the first wide receiver off the board. We go double offense. I got to use some applause for that one, not only because I think he's a good pick, but because James Williams coming off ACL surgery, like not great. Just, just not, just not great. Too risky for me. And too risky to do top 10. Just too risky to do, honestly, top 20. When you have a guy who's, I mean, when you have Garrett Wilson, like he's Garrett a Wilson's sitting there. It's yeah. just crazy. He's fast. He's not. He's not super sized, but he does everything well. Um, and Elijah Moore. They drafted Elijah Moore. If it, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, it was either late first round or early second round. I think it was early second round. Um, but he, you know, he was probably never going to be their number one guy. You know, Garrett Garrett Wilson. I think can come in and just be that primary target right away. Um, so I, I think I think it really sets them up well. Plus, they also have C.J. Uzama coming in from Cincinnati. Um, so it, the 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 goal is to get Zach Wilson some weapons um, and adding the offensive tackle as well. McQuanu um, try to protect him a little better. They just need some offensive production. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jake. I uh, I definitely agree with that. I also think he's a he is the best receiver in the draft. So I you know. I'm right there with you. Um, I have my uh, kind of favorite team. I don't know what TBD right now. Jury's um, out still. Jury's, jury's out. out still. Um, they need a lot except like defensive line. I mean, there's no owners in this draft. So that's kind of unfortunate. Can't draft any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You yeah, because you would replace Dan Snyder tomorrow if you could. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that would probably be the best possible pick. But... Um, I am going to take with the number 11 pick. I am going to take Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. Um, if Washington is preparing to draft a quarterback, like we all assume that they are down the road, having probably one of the best centers we've seen in a very long time is going to be very vital for that. So it's it's not flashy, but um, and by the way, Washington is definitely not going to do this. They will draft a quarterback. I, I promise they will I, draft. What a about quarterback. Carson Wentz? No, no, no. 
No, they're not drafting a quarterback. They're not drafting a quarterback because they're they're paying Carson Wentz. Oh, that's true. He's an incredible down. amount of money for for being terrible, for just pre being terrible. But you're you're overestimating the intelligence of Washington. I see. Yeah. I, I don't think I am just for one simple reason. Ron Rivera. That's <laughs> but it, that that I think is the clearest mind is head in the room about okay, if we're gonna do it, why? Like like why do we do it? It just would yeah. suck, you know? Um this is that pick that Calvin and I talked about earlier where, you know, you've heard people say, oh, he's going to be in the league for 10 years. And it's like, then why is he at 30s? Why is he getting drafted in the 30s if he's going to be one of the best centers? So I, I think it's probably at this rate, one of the safer picks for them. Yeah, I, I mean, he's yeah, he's he's the best interior lineman in the draft for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Patrick. All right. I am back on the clock now with, uh, oh, no, no, it's you, dude. Oh, yeah, no. it's you. Yeah, we almost it's skipped me. the Vikings. I'm, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forget I'm after Jake. Well, I'm just going to cut to it. I, the Vikings, like, they have wide receivers. They don't need a wide receiver. So I'm going to take George Galoftis here. Edge, ranked 10th overall by Pro Football Focus. I like a lot of Pro Football Focus's, like, analysis. I don't love all of their podcasters, just to be, like, the most honest person in the entire world. But that's me as, like, a fellow podcaster. And maybe they'll never appear on the CJ Tour, but you know what? Our eyes are set on ESPN or Ryan Russillo coming on the podcast anyway, so that's what it is. Um, George Kloft is here. Like, as much as I talk crap about him with the ninth, excuse me, with the 10th pick, but there's, excuse me, again, with, yeah, with the 10th pick to the, you know, that went to the Jets. Mm-hmm. I do like George Kloftis here going to the Vikings. I think he's a good edge guy. They need a good edge guy, and they would take Aiden Hutchinson if he was there, but clearly he's not going to be there at 12. So George Kloftis and kind of moving on to the next one. The other option would have been Trent McDuffie, but again, I not too high on corners out of the Pac-12. Um, Drake London, I like. Wide receiver out of the Pac-12. I think wide receivers and skill position guys of the Pac-12 generally are really good, but... Who's the best corner in the NFL or best defensive guy in the NFL out of a Pac-12 school like today? And it just... Ooh, that's uh, an interesting question. You know, I mean, that that's one of the things, like pedigree and conferences. Jake and I talked a lot about that on the March Madness preview that we did on pedigree yeah. out of conferences. Hmm. And it was a, okay, well, who's the best out of, you know, the other conferences? And we were like, well, we know the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball, and so that's what we took, and it ended up being right with Kansas yeah. winning it all. Now... Did not see Carolina going that far and getting all the way there, but we didn't talk a crap on Carolina. We talked a crap on the kind of the Pac-12 and UCLA and USC and, um, oh gosh, I, know, I think that was, there was one more team that made it. But anyways, I'm getting beside myself here. Taking George Galoftis and not looking back. I think he's a, another great guy. You're not going to look, you're not going to be mad about that pick. Love it. Love it. So uh, now I am back on the clock with the Houston Texans. <clears throat> uh, so earlier in the draft, they took Evan Neal, the offensive tackle at number three. Um, I so once again, I mean, they're they're in a pretty good spot. Like they they have so many holes that like they really can't 
<laughs> they can't make a terrible pick or it would be, it would be hard for them to do so. Um, so in kind of looking at just how everything rolls out and, and who's still on the board um, and the fact that the Texans have multiple picks to kind of play with um, I, I'm going to use uh, this pick. So the, so the 13th overall pick, the Houston Texans select Jamison Williams wide receiver out of Alabama, formerly Ohio state. Uh, but Jameson Williams, yeah, obviously he's still recovering from the ACL, but I feel like the Texans are, are in a place where they could roll the dice on somebody in this spot. The best wide receiver in their roster right now is Brandon Cooks, and they're paying him like he's Christian Kirk, who the Cardinal or who the, who uh, whoever who, who paid, Jaguars. who paid the Jaguars. Thank you. The Jaguars are paying Christian Kirk like he's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> so so. Uh, long story short, he's he's gonna he's gonna contribute. Davis Mills needs targets, and and we talked a little bit about it earlier. But I mean, to to my to my view, that uh, the Texans are 100 percent in on Davis Mills for this season. They like what they saw from him last year, and and frankly, it looked pretty good. Like it, there was there's a lot to be desired, obviously, and they didn't want him to do too much. But um, I think Jameson Williams is the kind of guy that's going to help him do more um, and just give him a little more flexibility with his his targets and everything. So, um, and obviously, you love the speed, um, and and you got to think he'll be able to recover well. And um, if he doesn't, you still have a lot of capital, you know, and 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 you can you can fix those other needs elsewhere. Oh yeah, I I am going to keep this next pick very simple. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens will get Trent McDuffie from Washington. The reason being is because he is going to the Baltimore Ravens. He is. Okay. Um, they do not miss on many defensive picks. They are very selective when it comes to their defensive picks and they usually help their guys get right. So, um, you know, amongst all the, the Pac-12 stuff that Calvin was talking about earlier. Um, I think the Ravens would be a very good team for him just because, I mean, we trust the Ravens on the defensive side of the ball. So. Yeah. I mean, the, the only, the only issue with that for me, Jake is, is they have, they have Marlon Humphrey and they have Marcus Peters. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if you take McDuffie so that he can be a third option, you know, like, like mm-hmm. that's, that's the only hesitation there. But I mean, I, I think it could work, you know, like, like it's not like, it's not like those other two guys are ever coming off the field, but like, right. I'm, I'm all for like best player available. And I mean, Marcus Peters, like he's a, he's also a free agent after this year. So who knows, you know, who, who knows how that's going to shake out. But, you know, if they wanted to, if they don't think they're going to be able to pay Marcus Peters long term, which I don't know off the top of the off, off the top of my head, I don't know if they're in a position to do that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think Trent McDuffie is definitely the best, the best secondary left on the board. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's too complex here. Um, like the big Jake. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and, move on here so <laughs> there's, there's just not much else i have to say honestly besides that great i i'm i'm running to the podium with this pick i do think that linebacker i've said it it's in bad i i don't like love 
taking defensive guys out of the back 12 so I'm going to run to the podium here and take Nicobe Dean Georgia linebacker and mm. just say you know what Devin Lloyd can just go ahead and just sit his butt tight there for a minute until wow. I don't know maybe later on the Eagles take him again I'm just kidding they clearly wouldn't but yeah Nicobe Dean this here is, that, that's this is the, the part easily. this is the part in the draft where Nicobe Dean gets picked and then you hear them play the stupid little music and then you hear Mel Kuyper go, now this is a guy that probably should have been drafted in the top five, but he wasn't drafted in the top five. Right. I don't, is he? I mean, he could, uh, I don't, the only, he could slip out of the first, honestly. Like I I feel like. They say it's because he's short, but I'm like, did you watch the games? Did you watch it? Like that, that's all like, well, I, I, I love the pick. I love the pick because the the Eagles they need him. Like they, they yeah. really need him. Um, and I think you could go Devin Lloyd or or Nicobe Dean. I, I don't. You know, it's it's just whoever you like. And and I think mm-hmm. Nicobe Dean is outstanding. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else on that one? Not not mm-hmm. necessarily. I I don't think there's too much to. There's too much to discuss here with it, except for the fact that I was looking through Mel Kuyper's like mock draft here, and kind of Mel Kuyper slash Todd McShay slash whoever else at ESPN's got it, and they they don't have Nicobe Dean going that much later. They have him going 21 overall to the Patriots when he's still left on the board, and they have the Eagles at pick 15 taking James Williams. So, which is not a position that I think that they just absolutely need. I do not think that the Eagles just desperately need a wide receiver. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, that's kind of it. All right. Great. Okay. So I'm back on the clock with the new Orleans saints. Yeah. And there is a player, um, and I won't, I won't tip, I won't, I won't tip picks here, but there's a player that I really want to take here who I think is the best player overall left, left on the board. Um, but I'm sitting here just looking at their depth chart, looking at their looking at the contracts of the guys that they still have, and I just don't know if they can take this guy. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in a different direction. Um, I am looking. Bear with me here. Sorry. I don't want to become predictable. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to take my third wide receiver in a row. Mm-hmm. So with the 16th pick in the draft, the New Orleans Saints select Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Uh, the Saints need help bad at wide receiver. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter who their quarterback is. They need help at wide receiver. Um, right now they have Michael Thomas who hasn't played in a very long time. Uh, and they have, uh, Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith. And then, uh, their fourth option just in the way of shout outs is little Jordan Humphrey, university of Texas. How we do in LJ. Um, so that is not a great, that is not a great wide receiver room. Uh, especially with Michael Thomas, uh, not really giving any production whatsoever. So uh, they're going to take Drake London. He's a big body guy. He's I didn't know until today. He's six four. Love that um, former basketball player. So he played. He he was on. He was a two sport athlete. He played on the USC basketball team his freshman year. Might have been his first two years, but um, 
just an absolute absolute dog i mean he gets he gets up and gets balls like that's that's just the way it is i mean he has an incredible vertical like hands are great um he's kind of that big body wide receiver um who is going to just overwhelm a lot of the corners in the league so feel great about this one uh i think it's a great pick and a great fit for a team that just like you said really really could use a lot of help on the wide receiver spot in the game i mean who who really who's who's Jameson Winston throwing to, um, and to have a six four guy being able to go jump up and grab it, while well, Jameson Winston squinting as he throws a sixty yard pass down the field, I think he'll feel a lot better squinting to a six four guy versus squinting to not some anymore, man. Random Lasik dude surgery. who's six foot. Well, I mean, I'm just you know, but yeah. it didn't. If he stays fully healthy, which he, you're right. Anyways, with that being said, Jake, you are on the clock here with the. Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. So, I am picking the guy who I wanted all along, who I've said all along that I think the Chargers should draft. And that is going to be Jordan Davis out of the University of Georgia. Um If I'm reading this correctly, the Chargers allowed the third most rushing yards in the NFL last year. I'm surprised it wasn't the most. I'm surprised we were third. They were behind the Texans and the Steelers. So anytime you're behind the Texans, the Texans um, (laughs) in anything. So third worst run rush defense. Um, I mean, Jordan Davis is a physical freak. Um, I, I looked on pro football focus and they have Devonte Wyatt rated ahead of him. Um, I watched a lot of Georgia football this year, obviously. I have no idea who that is. And again, this goes back to the combine stuff. Um, I just, I don't discredit it, but he he is going to be a tall, like Warren Sapp type deal. He is going to plug holes. And if anybody in this podcast watched the Chargers play the Raiders in the last game of the season, they could have used him last year. You don't say. You, you don't say <laughs> as someone who was... <laughs> At the game. You know, oh, you so. were at the game, really? Anyways. Uh, so, knows. you know, I think this is an easy pick for the Chargers. Pro Football Focus has them needing a wide receiver tackle and corner. Um, I personally just don't agree with that, considering how not great their rush defense was, and I don't need to keep harping on that, but... Let's just say I don't think Jordan Davis is like just putting a Band-Aid over something. I think he is a fix. Yeah, Pro Football Focus goes into why they have Devontae Wyatt higher rated, and it's because of his athleticism. And I got to say, you know what? I know Jordan Davis's name. I do not know Devontae Wyatt from the two Georgia defensive linemen. I'd rather have Jordan Davis. I'd rather have the household type of guy who... Right, like they both played defense. They both played on a you know national championship winning team. 
I'd just rather Jordan Davis in the day and just move on. I don't think it's necessarily a huge difference between both the guys as far as like what you're going to get over 10 years. But the Chargers need a run stopper, and I think Jordan Davis is a great pick. And even at least just a run deterrent. Something to something to clog that that spot, you know? Like and so Patrick, I was alluding to earlier. I had my two picks for the Chargers. Um, one was Jordan Davis, and the other one was Nakobe D. Mm. Because I think they they need help at both of those spots, and they both could help very much in the run game. So, all right. Well, with the 18th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles. I wouldn't say sprint to the podium necessarily. That's what I've said before. But they're taking Dax or Daxton Hill, uh, corner out of Michigan. I know that there is probably some type of discussion here of do they or do they not? What's the deal? Aren't there other corners that are a little higher, like Kair Elam? Elam, yeah. Yeah, not Elam. And now, now yeah, there's I a couple have... other guys here that are higher up. Andrew Booth Jr. Um, as well. Dax Hill, as Jake knows, is a guy that, we both have followed since he was initially tried to be recruited by Oklahoma State. Former five-star overall guy. Also could work as a kick returner, even though that he's never going to do that because they have Devontae Smith Jr. But I think Dax Hill is a too good of a guy here to pass up. Um, for the Eagles, I don't think they necessarily like truly need him, but I think he's a great value who... By the time the Eagles come back around, could really, could really miss him. I, I mean, former five star. I'm going a lot off of that, to be honest with this, and the fact that I think he could have been utilized way better at, um, at at Michigan than he was, and that that gets to a lot of the the issue with him overall here too. So, Dax Hill. And then the next pickup here is the Nolans or the New Orleans Saints. But Jake, what do you think about Dax Hill? I I'm surprised that you took him where you did, but I've also seen a lot of people like just talking about how good he is. Um, again, I mean, he was a five star prospect. He's from Tulsa. Um, brother played at OSU, but I mean, he was really good at Michigan, and that defense was really really good. So I think it's pretty, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a reach for the Eagles, but the Eagles definitely need one of these kinds of guys that, that can play really physically is really fast and can kind of play in that, um, linebacker safety defensive back type of like, almost like a nickel hybrid position. So that is kind of what I would imagine he will be uh, he will be doing if if he were to go to Philly and probably just in the NFL in general. Yeah, kind of that slot corner guy, right? Yeah. So fits into DB, but could play that hybrid safety role as needed as well too. Pro Football Focus says that they need a defensive back. I do agree. I think they definitely could use a defensive back. Now, as a previous Dallas Cowboys fan, I would not want them to take. Uh, position that they need. I'd rather them just go ahead and say, screw it, let's just take another wide receiver. Because why not? But <laughs> that's what Patrick had him doing earlier. Or excuse me, none of us have him that doing earlier. But 
I was thinking about it at least when they took, you know, I took up Nicobe Dean for him and I'm still thinking, you know what the Eagles best shot at like going far here is just picking a, picking another defensive guy, keeping the buck moving and not worrying about it too much here with Dax Hill. Fair enough. I think. And I, I just, I, you know, I mean, you guys can tell here clearly. I'm just not a huge Devin Lloyd fan. Just clearly, just clearly, <laughs> not not a deal, not a conversation. Yeah, I've been trying to take him to be honest, and I just haven't haven't really had a good spot to do it. Thought about it here too. So, so sorry, I'm back. So, so now on the uh, with the 19th pick in the draft is the New Orleans Saints. Um, this is another one. So, like I said, I wanted, I really wanted to take Devin Lloyd. I really wanted to take another defensive guy, which we have not seen come off the board yet. But since we've talked about Devin Lloyd, I'm, I'm fine, uh, you know, bringing him up. Uh, I am going with a, let's see, where's he at? Okay, here we go. So with the, with the 19th pick in the NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints select Trevor Penning, offensive lineman from the University of Northern Iowa. So this is wow. the the Saints. The Saints are the they are the next great offensive line in the NFL. If they're not there already, um, Ryan Ramchick is a spectacular uh, tackle. Obviously, um, Andrus Pete at guard, great. They drafted Caesar Ruiz uh, a couple years ago, so he's he's the uh, he will either take over at center or stay at guard. Penning can either take guard or I believe I was just trying to look this up. Yeah. Their other tackle is James Hurst, who they do have for another two years. Um, but he's also, you know, he's been, he'll been in the year over a decade by that point. Like they're, they're ready for more help. And um, this is a, this is, this is a guy he's from obviously um, not, not a division one school, but really high on a lot of people's boards, just pure, kind of raw, intense <laughs> offensive line. Um, sort of like, a, the, he, he's he's nowhere near this good, but sort of the, the energy that Quentin Nelson had coming out of the draft, where he's just, he's ready to run block. He's ready to, uh, he's ready to protect also. And I think he, he can play anywhere along the line if he needs to. I, I think it's a great pick just because you give Jameson wants to know, uh, no excuses. You know, he has to stay healthy now. There's no way that he really is, like, could be the guy for you going forward if he's not able to stand behind this offensive line and win games. Um, He's your, like, insurance factor for that. And also, he's the guy you go, we pick him, then we take our quarterback next year. Like, we, we go ahead and we just go it. We just go, you know what? We're taking our quarterback next year. And I think there's several teams to be in the same spot. So that's not necessarily a spot the Saints want to be in. But that's what happens when you have a really bad quarterback draft. Is that everyone just has to hit pause for a year on the quarterbacks they need. And then go ahead and go, okay, next year I'm going to take the... I'm going to have to take... We're going to have to take a quarterback. Like the Saints. I mean, the Steelers have the next pick here. The Eagles, who knows what they're going to do quarterback-wise as well. I mean, are they completely sold on having Jalen Hurts? Probably not from everything we've seen. And then Jake was alluding to it earlier with his Washington team or his maybe former fandom of Washington. And then we talked about the Panthers earlier as well, too. So there's a lot of teams needing a quarterback. I mean, Seattle's up there as well. Atlanta's up there as well, too. 
and they're just kind of bridging it for this year. I we haven't taken a quarterback yet, so I'll be curious what you do here, Jake. But yeah, it's um, well, I think it's, Alan, a it's funny. I think it's a good it's pick. funny you say that. I rip and draft Malik Will. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh is in the same in this is hilarious. Pittsburgh is a far better team than Atlanta, but in the quarterback room, they are not. I mean, look, Mason Rudolph, sorry. Mitch Trubisky, sorry. Both of them, neither of them are as good as Marcus Mariota, just in general. Neither so, of them have won a Heisman Trophy before? You don't think Trubisky is as good as Marcus Mariota today? I saw that dude have one. I saw him play one good year of football. Yeah, but Mariota has played. I have seen Marcus Mariota be a average quarterback for the last however long he's been in. If I don't know, I feel like he was below average, and we saw like we've seen like two good games from Marcus Mariota in the last like four years. So I'm, I mean, I, I'm not looking. I'm I'm not looking for good. I realize. No, I know, and I know this isn't even the pick. So so it doesn't matter. Right. That's a, yeah, but. No, sorry. I go go ahead though. I think I cut you off. So the Steelers with Malik no, Willis or Malik Steelers Willis. with Malik Willis. I think if you're Pittsburgh, um, that division is so up in the air, and I think you can kind of, and by up in the air, I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen in that division next year. Um, and so I think if Malik Willis does turn out to be your next guy, then you're, you're in good hands. If you're Pittsburgh, um, you know, and I, I guess if you were Pittsburgh, would you, if someone said, Hey, would you rather have Marcus Mariota or Mitchell Trubisky? They choose Mitchell Trubisky in your eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, I would personally, um, but you know, I, I'm all. I also think Mitch Trubisky is pretty okay. Like, I, I think he he kind of got a bad rap with the Bears, even though he was admittedly nowhere close to a number two pick in a draft. Um, That's true. But you know, I I think I think he's a serviceable quarterback. I do, and and I'm just not sure Marcus Mariota was ever really kind of acceptable as a franchise guy. So. Yeah, I, oh, I they're both they're both bridge guys, you know. Unless one of them comes out and has a spectacular year, and if it's Mariota, they probably still won't keep him. But um, I, I, I do like this pick. I, it's it's a good. He doesn't have to play right away, and no. you know they can. I don't think he needs two. to. He has he has a good running back, um, and I think that helps a lot. But. They need a little help in the wide receiver side. So I, I don't know. I could just see Pittsburgh doing it with um, – they don't draft quarterbacks very often. And they so when they to. do, <laughs> they haven't had to. And so when they do, um, you tend to trust them. And I I would <laughs> – I don't think Malik Willis will be available here um, on Thursday. But today he is, and I think Pittsburgh would probably draft him if he were. I, I agree there for sure. I think that Trubisky is a good enough bridge quarterback for Lake Willis to come in, be a great guy, be a great backup. And in all comparison's sake, I think I think Trubisky gets a horrible rap because it was the Bears drafting him at two, 
when they could have drafted Mahomes, Watson, you know, whoever else who went later on in that same draft. And they traded up for the second overall pick for Trubisky, who was the consensus, like, the guy. But clearly hasn't played out that way. So maybe Pittsburgh can just get something going. I mean, they need some wide receivers. I could see them taking a wide receiver here if Willis is gone. But maybe he's not. Um, And I think it's a good pick. Now, I think it's me here with the number 20, the 21st overall pick with the New England Patriots. I will say... Patrick was talking about this earlier today about looking through the secondary for the Patriots and just seeing how many guys they are paying on the defensive side there. And this is why I'm going to go ahead and just say, you know what the Patriots could really use is a guy to help out Mac Jones in the passing game. Just another a weapon. I mean, we're talking like Nikhil Harry's one of the guys for the Patriots, and he hasn't done much. I think they take the surest fire wide receiver left to go in the first round and it's a guy that i i like a lot i don't like him comparatively of course to his teammate but i think he doesn't fall anymore after this and i go and take chris Olave, a wide receiver out of ohio state for the new england patriots 21st overall pick joining um, uh joining his teammate in the afc east yeah and yeah, no okay so wrinkle yeah, I think, I mean, Garrett Williams, Garrett Wilson, excuse me, is going to go ahead and see his, see his buddy twice a year. Uh, but on the opposite side of the, you know, I guess of the sidelines or whatever, not on the opposite side of the ball, Grant to pay the same position. But anyways, I think that's what the Patriots go ahead and do, and they don't let him fall to the Packers. They go ahead and grab, grab great value with Chris Olave uh, there at the 21st pick. Nice. And now, and I, and as you say, as you kind of led into, if I was the Packers, which I am, uh, I would I would easily have taken Chris Olave probably if he was there. Um, he is not, um, but that's the draft. That's the draft. Mm-hmm. And and does uh, Rogers desperately needed somebody like an Olave? Um, but the next guy down the board for me at wide receiver is probably Traylon Burks out of uh, out of Ooh, Arkansas. Yeah who I like, um, but I actually, I don't, I don't love taking him here. I think it's a little early. I think, I think Olave, London, uh, Jameson Williams and Garrett Wilson are the clear kind of top four. I think that, I think most, most people would probably agree with that. Um, so I'm going to pass on a wide receiver here, um, and take a guy that I've alluded to a couple of times, uh, that keeps dropping down the board, um, incredible value for them here at 22. Um, so with the 22nd pick, the green Bay Packers select Jermaine Johnson, the second, uh, edge rusher out of Florida state. Um, this is a guy that is actually kind of, it's, it's very different that he's sliding here. Um, because in most kind of mock drafts recently, it seems like he's been really skyrocketing up. Um, so this is a guy who can, who can really do it all. Like he's got great size. Um, Florida state has been, has been pumping out these edge rushers. Uh, Brian Burns a few years ago has been super productive for the, for the Panthers. Um, there's one more really notable guy that I'm forgetting. Um, but I love this pick here. This is the best player available pick. The position of need is clearly wide receiver in a big way. Um, but there's just not a guy there that I love at 22. So we're going, we're going best player available and it's Jermaine Johnson. Um, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of fun being in the cold. <laughs> He'll get used to it. 
I'll get used to it. He, um, so with the 23rd pick, um, not going to waste too much time on this. I'm going to go Andrew Booth, Jr. out of Clemson to the Arizona Cardinals at 23. Um, he joins a long list of Clemson corners that have recently started to get drafted. Um, A.J. Terrell, wasn't he all pro this year? For the Falcons? Yeah. I don't know about all pro, but uh, I think he had a good year, yeah. Yeah. So, A.J. Terrell, there's a couple other Clemson guys. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to keep keep that. He was second team all pro this year. Wow. There you go. There you um, go. So, I'm going to keep that uh, Clemson uh, corner going, and uh, I'm going to take Andrew Booth. Mm, love that. Yeah, he's he's another guy that that has been gaining a lot of steam in the last few weeks. Um, yeah, and I, I think Cardinals could use him. I think I think all of this talk and and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because it's not necessarily draft related, although it could be. Um, like all this talk about Kyler Murray being upset about you know the team not uh, caring about him or what he wants the direction to be. I feel like the Cardinals have done nothing since he got there, but try to surround him with as many great players as possible. And I think they've done that super successfully. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily think the, I don't think the Cardinals owe Kyler Murray anything. Um, and I think getting stuff on the defensive side of the ball is, is great. And if he doesn't like that, he can, he can deal with it. Well, one thing yeah. about, Colin Murray that I was looking for is Mike Tannenbaum's like quarterback rankings from ESPN and really just kind of going through like the QBR rankings overall and Colin Murray last year you guys want to take a guess where he finished in QBR rankings at the end of the at the end of the season regular season mm-hmm. yeah well uh do just say the whole season because I'm not sure how this is measured necessarily but yeah where his final rank Nine. was after the end of the I'm season I'm gonna go 19 oh I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go nine so you hit the nail on the head. Did I? He's ninth overall before the last game of his, of his season. He was eighth. But here's the guys who he's behind. Of course, Matt Stafford, Prescott, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Brady, Mahomes, Rogers. Now, the guys who he's hey, like... Hey, guys, he's worse than. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. But that, that, I mean, that's factual. Like, I don't have him better than any of those guys. I have him where he could be better than Prescott week to week, but not mm-hmm. necessarily dependably. I have more, he could be better than Stafford week to week, but not dependably. And the other rest of the guys, I think he's just not better than any of those guys overall. But also, he's in like this tier with, all right, so Stafford's one ahead of him. Then he's at nine. Then Tannehill's behind him at 10. Russell Wilson's at 11. And Derek Carr's at 12. And then Kirk Cousins at 13. And then we get to Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. So also, he's in between Stafford and Tannehill. And for him to be going, hey, you know what? Like, I need more because I'm doing, you know, I need more. I want to be paid because I'm doing so well or whatever. You know who's not saying that? And it's because he's getting paid, of course. But it's Tannehill. Tannehill's one spot below him. And I feel like the Titans could draft a quarterback in like two years. And be, yeah. you know, or when Tannehill's contract expires. And, uh, and everyone would go, yep, sounds about right. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. shock anyone. Whereas if the same well, same thing happened timeline wise with Murray, it shocked everyone in two years, is they drafted a replacement for him, and just kind of name recognition there. Like, I mean, if Kyler Murray tomorrow was traded for Russell Wilson, 
just straight up, or he had been traded for straight up for Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, would all of us be going, what the hell? I mean, we, we would, right? Like, that'd be just a weird yeah. pick and a weird move. But when you go just if it's a one-year bottle, it's not that bad. And I don't, I think they're comparable. So, come on, just chill out a little bit, go for high horse. I don't, I think you're well, comparable to the Ryan Tannehill, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson's of the world. But you're definitely not comparable to the Mahomes or the Burrow or Herbert Allen guys. And yeah. I'm, I'm leaving out Rodgers and Brady because more of that is just like, oh, my God, you say their names and you just think not one year where that's why I'm going. You know, Mahomes, I, I shouldn't even throw in there. But you're not you're not up there in the top five to six. You're in like the nine through 12 range of quarterbacks in the league. So let's just... Pump the brakes there. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I'm up here with the 24th overall pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Devin Lloyd's still on the board. Devontae Wyatt's still on the board. But I, I'm not going I'm not going with what I think the team will do. I think there's a great chance, with that being said, that the team will take another Penn State guy with the first-round pick and go, you know what? We like Micah Parsons. We're going to take Arnold. Beckity, um, right? But that's not what I—that's not what I would do. Just because you still have Devonte Wyatt on the board here, so I think the Cowboys go ahead and take Devonte Wyatt. Oh, okay. Um, you know that—that's what I'm saying is with the 24th overall pick, the D- Dallas Cowboys select Devonte Wyatt, defensive lineman out of Georgia, and and it's a great. It's a—I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, I just, it's, you it's know, tough we're getting to miss on any of these here. Georgia guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the Cowboys, like, they, they could definitely use some shoring up there, you know, on the on the D-line. That's always going to be good. Um, so, I mean, so so as as two Cowboys fans here, I mean, would you be excited about this pick? Like a D-tackle? Yes and no. I'm, I always want my team to draft, like, a flashy guy because, with the first, you know, with the round one pick, just because it's more of the cooler thing to do. But in the back end of it, I'm so glad, like, Dallas didn't take Johnny Manziel whenever they were rumored to. I'm so glad they didn't take, whoever, you know, just all these guys. And I'm kind of mad that they did take Zeke, you know, fourth overall. And I'm kind of mad that they did take, uh, who's the corner that we took who just flopped, like, four or six years ago? Uh, Somewhere in there. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, clearly, like Byron Jones was a great pick. The guy Mike from Colorado. Parsons, great pick. You talking um, about the kid from Colorado? Is that the corner? Yeah, because the, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys took like a corner, like certain amount of years ago, where I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." Like, uh, you know, ESPN sold he me was, on him, and he, he just, was, he was guy, okay. He was the guy we played in the bowl game, and James cooked him. Yeah, Byron, that's right. Was yeah. It, wait, no, it wasn't Byron Jones. Was no, it? it was. No. Uh, it was. Hold on. It was the twenty six. 2017 draft. Well, that was the right. taco. Or are you talking about Awuzie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. So Awuzie was in the second round, and he's so he's been well, better the last couple of years. Now he's on the Bengals, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go back here and look at it a little bit longer. But it's just I like the player. Awuzie, I like the pick, though. But I, I, I yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'd say. Bottom um. Line. So, anyways, fantastic. Uh, okay, so now on the clock are the Buffalo Bills, who are in a pretty good spot. 
You know, they're they're one of these yeah. teams where they don't have a ton of holes. Um, so I'm looking I'm looking in a few different directions here. I think they could go offense or defense. Um, I think so. So in in looking at my board right now, Devin Lloyd is falling really far. You know, we're at pick 25. I think most people had him in the in the 10 to 15 range, you know, just 10 to 15 player on the board. Um, but that being said, now that the Bills, you know, they have um, they, they went and got Von Miller, you know, so that that outside linebacker role is filled and. Devin Lloyd kind of more plays inside anyway, but they really like Tremaine Edmonds where they usually play there. So um, I am going to, I am going to go ahead and (laughs) stick to stick to what I've been doing. And that is just drafting the hell out of wide receivers. So I'm going to continue doing that. Uh, So, so with the 25th pick in the NFL draft, the Buffalo bills select Traylon Burks from Arkansas uh, kind of thought Jerry Jones was going to snap him up. The little Arkansas uh, connection there loves wide receivers, but uh, I'm so glad that uh, Jerry Jones, AKA Calvin Alexander recognized that there are other needs greater than, than wide receiver. So that being said, uh, I, I think the bills get a, get a great guy here. I mean, he will, he will truly the, the run after the cat, like the, the breaking tackles, Traylon Burks, he's just, he's on another level. He absolutely destroyed Texas this year, of course. Um, so that, that was too bad. Um, but, but I, I like the player again, the bills, I, I, there's not a ton of places for them to, um, to improve, but you know, you do like, uh, I mean, they, they now have Jamison Crowder as their third option, I believe. So, you know, you don't love that. And, and you think, uh, Burks would probably be an upgrade over Crowder, at least in my opinion. Um, so I think there's a lot they can do with him. And I just want to go back and say, I actually forgot that it was the Dallas Cowboys 2012 draft where they took Morris Claiborne. That's Claiborne, what I was getting yeah. at. Yeah. From the six overall pick. That's what I was talking about there. Whenever okay. it's a, you take a guy who's not a super flashy dude, but you trade like not a super flashy offensive skill guy, basically. Um, who somebody who I just can see a medium back on the field, and he doesn't turn out to be a Michael Parsons, basically his first year in the NFL. And then, of course, Morris Claiborne plays in his time playing Dallas Cowboys. He played in forty-seven out of eighty games. So that's that, that's what's getting. So this is the Claiborne thing earlier. And I think, um, but Patrick, I think that's a great pick. I think that not only could Josh Allen just use another wide receiver, why not? But all of a sudden, you have Stephon Diggs on one side, and you have. Traylon Burks on the other side don't necessarily With, uh, have to rely on Cole Beasley a lot to get you that like other yardage plus Gabriel Davis also mm. you know mm. coming off of a breakout uh you know playoff breakout. performance yeah so yeah I think th- there's a lot to like about the Bills and I think they'll be fine with this pick oh yeah um I was going to draft Traylon Burks with this pick um so Patrick, I'll have words for you whenever <laughs> I see you next. Choose, yeah, choose, um, choose however you like. Who who's James Davis that commented? I'm just curious. Oh. What's up, James? James, thanks so much for the comment here. Appreciate yeah, it. He, What's James got to say? He commented, "Man, whoever gets George Pickens there, getting a steal. Watch his film. Um, I see why some people think he's a top three receiver in this draft. There we go." James, well, I do agree with you. The only problem with George Pickens is he never played because he was always hurt. 
Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think he's really, really freaking good, but the sample size is so small because he was hurt so often throughout his tenure at Georgia. Um, Ironically, it says that the Titans here need a wide receiver. I will not be drafting George Pickens. It was going to be Traylon Burks um, because I think he could fill a lot of those same receiver needs for the Titans as they could for the Bills, even though they play completely different styles of football. (laughs) Um, But if, you know, if the Titans don't see a receiver that they see on the board that they like, I'm going to go with the safe pick and draft the uh, guard out of Boston College, Zion Johnson. Great pick. Um, that, I mean, it's, it's the safest pick on the board. Um, again, if you're building up that foundation for post Derek Henry, um, don't know how much longer he can do what he's doing. Post Ryan Tannehill, like Calvin said, they will probably be drafting quarterback here in the next couple of years. Um, a guard is a good place to start, especially with the value you can get it at 26. Um, if you don't want to reach on um, some of the wide receivers, like maybe a Pickens or um, uh, the kid from Penn State, um, Jahan Dotson, Dotson, you know, maybe maybe one of those if you didn't want to reach. I'm Sky Moore, no offense. I don't know who you are. You're significantly better than football at me, but um, just not – I don't – I don't think a speed threat type deal is necessarily what the Titans need. I think what the Titans need is a kind of guy, a receiver that can bail you out of um, third and long situations with as much as they run the ball, which um, Burks would be good for that. But I think just drafting a guard here without him on the board is the the safer pick. There you go. Totally agree. And JK, how you said that Patrick stole your pick with Traylon Burks, you definitely stole my pick that I've been researching on Zion Johnson, reading up all its stats, information, looking for when Mile Kuyper and Tommy Chagas get do their picks together. The exact same thing happened where the Titans and Kuyper took Zion Johnson and then McShay's words for him in the ESPN article. Uh, Johnson would have been a great pick for Tampa Bay, but Mel Kuyper stole him. Jake, you stole him as well. So when I'm going through here and can I recant then? I don't want to yeah. be on the same page as Mel Kiper. No, 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 no. It's locked <laughs> oh, in. I it's locked in. Um, <laughs> Zion Johnson's been taken there. I, but I think it's a good pick. I think it's a very safe pick as well. And with that being said, Pro Football Focus has the Buccaneers needing a guard, center, and defensive interior. The next guy that I go defensive interior. It's Travis Jones out of Connecticut, which I just don't love out of UConn. So I I could easily see the Buccaneers trading back here and maybe getting one of the Chiefs picks and then the Chiefs moving up and taking some wide receiver we haven't taken yet. They like a little better. Or just really maybe sticking with the pick here. And then I'm going to go ahead and just take Kenyon Green, uh, guard at AM. He's who a Listen, like, I'm not the expert on when it comes to guards, centers, really. And I, and I wish I knew more about the position overall. But when we're at 27th pick in the draft and we're an hour and 20 minutes into recording the podcast, I'm taking Kenyon Green, not looking back and thinking he's probably a good fit. Um, I don't blame you. Got to yeah, keep Brady I, upright. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is Allie Marpet, their, their Pro Bowl 
many time Pro Bowl guard uh, is no longer on the team. I think he retired, didn't he? Ali Marpet, am I wrong? I uh, no, I think you're right. Think um, right yeah. So so he's gone. I think that's a great pick there, especially with the guy that they probably wanted going right before. I think yeah, I think I think this would play out really similarly to how it did just now. I think this is a really easy scenario to see. Um, I so so with the 28th pick in the draft, the Green Bay Packers who are back uh, with their second pick, Green Bay Packers select linebacker Devin Lloyd from Utah. There you go. Uh, feel really good about getting some of these defensive uh, players back to back because we could use them both. And I feel like the Packers got incredible value on both these guys. Jermaine Johnson uh, falling to 22 and Devin Lloyd falling to 28. They have um, blanket. Oh, Devondre Campbell is their um, is their main inside linebacker right now, but they do play a three, four quite a bit. Um, I, he'll definitely see the field. Uh, he, he could be, I mean, in my opinion, I think he's the best linebacker in this draft. Um, and the Packers will definitely, <laughs> they will take advantage of him on a rookie contract for sure. I think he's going to plug and play right away. He's not going to need a lot of time to get up to speed. Um, and, you know, it, seeing him in a, in like a linebacker core with Preston Smith and, and, uh, Devondre Campbell, like, I think that's a really good, uh, combo. Obviously, you know, the Packers, <laughs> the Packers, everyone's going to be clamoring for a wide receiver. Um, but it's just so deep, like the Devin Lloyd falling this far is too good to pass up, uh, when there's definitely room for him in that defense. Um, yeah. and I think there's plenty of, there's plenty of wide receivers coming up in the second round. I think I think the Packers will, will get somebody. Um, I just think they're they they pick too late to get one of the really good guys. Um, so I think they'd rather take value where they can find it. Are you worried about the Aaron Rodgers immediate backlash on Pat McAfee's show for not taking a wide receiver in the first round? No, because I because I'll be excited to watch it. I, I love Pat McAfee. I think he's great. Um, but I think yeah, I mean I don't think Aaron Rodgers will would actually make a giant public stink about it. Um, I, I, I assume that he's got to be in some kind of communication with them about what he wants them to do with the pick. I mean, I don't think he would have come back to the Packers if he wasn't going to have any say whatsoever in what they did. Um, so I don't know, but this is what I would do in this scenario. You know, I came into this fully expecting to take, uh, a wide receiver with one of these two picks. Um, but just with the way it fell to me, I mean, those those two, those are arguably two of the best defensive players in the draft. Um, and those falling so far just made it too good to pass up. All right. Well, Jake, with the first of the two chief selections, um, who are you taking? Um, so with this pick, ironically, I am going to go George Pickens. Um, mm. The reason being is he... He's a dude that hasn't played much in college. It, it seems like, you know, every time I hear Georgia fans talk, which I heard a lot, they would say, well, when we get George Pickens back, when we get George Pickens back, when we get George Pickens back, it was always that. He played four games this year, four, and had five catches in four games. And those four games were Georgia Tech, the SEC Championship, the semifinal in the national championship. Those were the four games he played in and he had five catches. 
coming off an ACL tear. He played 12 games his freshman year, and then he played eight his sophomore year, and then four his junior year. 24 games. I mean, you playing what? What is that? Probably about 66% of the games possible. At least. Yeah, not ideal. Not ideal. And it going down, your reception's going down every single year because you're just not playing. I would, I mean, it's not an argument as to why he would fall that long or that far because I do think talent-wise he probably is up there. But the injury concerns are there. They always have been there. Um, But all that being said, if you are the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, George Pickens, not he's not going to replace him, but he helps soften whatever that blow is, and there will be one from losing Tyreek Hill. It is a guy that you can put out there. He can play automatically. He's quick. He runs good routes. He has good hands. Um, all of the things that you want in the next level receiver, George Pickens has it. Um, you know, he has some off the field stuff, but if there's a solid place that you could go to, it is Kansas city and, you know, pro football focus, I think summed it up. I didn't even read this. I swear. Um, it says he was a potential wide receiver one after a massive freshman year, but never built upon it. There you and go. if you're getting drafted off your freshman year, you must be pretty freaking good. Done deal. Lock it in. Locked in for sure. All right. Well, Jake, um, great, great pick. Great pick, I got to say. Um, I have the Chiefs' second pick here in a row. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kyrie Elam. Of course, we learned earlier on the NFL Network how to not pronounce his name, or maybe how to pronounce it. Who knows? Um, but I'm going to just go ahead and take the Florida cornerback. It's a position the Chiefs need. And you took the flashy wide receiver pick, so I'm taking the stereotypical, let's take a defensive guy who's got some good skill and move on, not look back. I believe he is the nephew of former Florida safety Matt Hill, if you guys remember him. (laughs) He is the one that made uh, Mario Williams from Oklahoma in the national championship game. That is a... uh, Wait, Matt Matt Elam, not... Wait. Matt Which one's Elam the kicker? Play for the- is Matt Elam the kicker? Or is that somebody no, Matt, else? Which- Matt Elam played safety at Florida and then played for the Ravens. Was it Jason Elam? Who It was Jason Elam. Jason yeah, Elam is, right. is the kicker. Anyway, yeah, I just remember right. him from Madden. Yeah. We are, we're yeah. almost to the end here, boys. Yeah, here we go. I'm, looking, right. I'm looking back on the... Uh, it, fe- it feels like a very long time ago that we were picking Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal and Kyle Hamilton. Those guys are, are members of NFL teams now. This is exciting. All right. Which, which lineman are you drafting? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so I'm actually, uh, <laughs> I am not, God, I want to. The thing is I'm looking at, I'm looking at my board and I'm looking at the Bengals depth chart and the thing is they could conceivably take another wide receiver like they have a ton of they they have a ton of weapons 
They have t- they have yeah. Jamar Chase obviously, and they have T Higgins, who are their top two guys. Tyler Boyd is serviceable, but you could see them dumping him, especially with how much they're paying him. Um, did you know Tyler Boyd? <laughs> bless you. Tyler Thank Boyd you. is making over ten million dollars a year. Wow. And he'll make more next year. I don't know. I don't love that. Um, let's see. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Give me. All right. With with the with the 30 with the 31st pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jahan Dotson, wide mm. receiver from Penn State. This is this is a this is a guilty pleasure pick because I do love this kid. The the obvious need for the Bengals is secondary, you know, because they don't want Eli Apple. Although he and he, he has he's on a one year deal, you know, they'll keep him if they have to. Although I don't think they will. Um, but frankly, I just don't love I don't love the corners. Um, if if Kair Elam was still here, I would definitely take him. But again. Calvin just sniped them, sniped them from me. Frankly, I just don't love, I don't love the corners. Oh, I was, yeah. So, um, I think, I think the next guy that I would take, um, in the secondary would probably be brisker, but, but the Bengals have great safeties. Um, Jesse Bates and, uh, what's his face? Vaughn Bell. You gotta love both those guys. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a wide receiver. I, I really think, plus they lost Uzama, you know, that's a target that's gone. They'll have to replace. I really think, I really don't think they're keeping Tyler Boyd. I think they're going to trade Tyler Boyd somewhere. Um, and this would be, this would be, this would be a great option for them. So I will, it's a little bit of a selfish pick. It's a little bit of a doubling down on the Jamar chase, uh, decision, you know, a couple or last year, but, um, I love Jahan Dotson. I think he's got a ton of speed and, and, I, I just like I like I like them uh, sticking with offense kind of as their their calling card. Se- seems right. like a good pick to me. The only yeah. the the only thing I'd say is that they have they have their they have their wide receiver and they have Boyd. They do, and so they have two pretty darn good wide receivers. But as we know, you never have enough good wide receivers. I would rather them spend the pick on the offensive line, but I think they've tried to kind of manage that this offseason. Mm-hmm. So who did they get? Overall. Didn't Lyle they get Collins? somebody? Lyle Collins, that's who they got. Okay. Yeah. Which will definitely uh help a little bit, right? It should help it should help them out a lot, although the Cowboys I mean didn't keep them, so it's it, I don't know. I'm always like in the air on that. Whenever the team yeah. that like could keep them didn't. It's like all right, like so then the Cowboys need a guy to replace him and they didn't want to pay him, but interesting spot overall. Jake, you have the last pick of the 2022 NFL mock draft here. Um, uh, with the it Detroit is Lions. the Detroit Lions. Um, I don't know. I mean, this one's tough because I do think there are a lot of good players on the board. I, I think Detroit, you could arguably put everybody um, that they need all positions, but if this is how, you know, I think we're all on the, the conclusion that we think this is maybe not how the draft should shape out, but similar positionally to a lot of these teams, less quarterbacks than people think, um, all of that kind of stuff, because it's like, if, if you are, 
Detroit, like, are any of these guys going to come in and be better than Jared Goff? I think that's what you have to ask yourself. And the answer, in my opinion, is no. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Jared Goff is going to win some games for the Lions. I do. I, I think that they are... They're shoring up enough, and I like their coach Dan Campbell. Like it's it's hard yeah. to tell really whether he can win a lot of ball games for them, but I do think I do think there's something there. I think they're a team that plays with a lot of heart, and I think they're I think I don't necessarily agree with with uh, you know them taking on Goff's contract, but like they I mean they got a lot back for for Stafford not just golf um, and you and this being one of those picks, obviously. So um, yeah, curious to, curious to see what you do here. Yeah. So, you know, just looking at some numbers, the lions actually had one of the best rush defenses in the um, national football league. They're kind of a conundrum statistically because, you know, they weren't, they weren't great. Like obviously everybody knows like they're, their issue is offense, but if you look on paper, their offense really isn't terrible. Um, like personnel wise, it seems like they just got a few kinks that they need to work out. And, you know, most people would probably say Jared Goff is the ultimate problem, but I wouldn't say that any of these guys would make any of the quarterbacks available would make it look better than what Jared Goff currently is doing for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um and their, their offensive line, correct me if I'm wrong, um, is actually pretty solid for it being the Detroit Lions. Yeah, because so, they have, um, I mean, because they drafted Sewell last year. So they have Taylor yeah. Decker on the other side. And Ragnow and as Ragnow well. Ragnow at center. So, yeah, I mean, get them a couple of guards and yeah, you know, they could be onto something. Um, and the weird thing is they're not... Like personnel wise, they don't look great defensively, but you know, they were they were solid in the passing game. So I don't know. They're they're just a kind of a weird team. Um but definitely a weird team. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I Who's the pick, Jake? The pick is in. The time. The time is. The time is the, running. The time. The time is running. Are you? I'm are you? Mulling. Are you? Are you trying to decide? Are you? Yeah. Are, yeah. I, I really like. I'm. I'm mulling because I know. I think I know who I want to take. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take Lewis Sign out of the University of Georgia. So yes, I am going to take two safeties in the first round. Um, I, Kyle Hamilton is more of that free safety type and Lewis sign is more of that fly around the field kind of guy. So, you know, they're, they would be really, really good. Um, and you know, pro football focus has him. He only missed 11 tackles on 159 attempts as a safety at Georgia. Um, really good tackler, really good in, uh, in pursuit. So, um, if you had Kyle Hamilton kind of down there in your strong, in your free safety position, having Lewis sign in your, uh, strong safety position would definitely help sure up that defense until, um, 
you could wait on that perfect quarterback that you could get in Detroit. Because I don't think that team, I don't think that team is far away from being decent. I I think it could be, I think they could easily be better than the Bears next year. Yeah. And be third in the division. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but that's much speaking more towards Justin Fields getting better in the second year in the NFL and having an offensive tackle that they that the Bears drafted last year in the second round, actually playing more games than just two or three. And Jake, you and I, of course, know the offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins, yeah. Oklahoma State grad, Oklahoma State guy. Well, and and, he, and he was just injured. He was just injured a lot last yeah. year, so Justin Fields didn't have a lot of time to throw. And also, the Bears, I think, could be a little bit better with the new whole scheme in there and Fields having more time to get adjusted, et cetera, et cetera. If you're the Lions, you're just waiting for Rodgers to retire at this point. Like that, that is your, that's where that division kind of becomes a free for all. And I think shoring up that defense would be the best move. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, get, get 10 year starter type of guys. I think it'd be interesting if the Lions did. Because that's what you have taken. You took him with two safeties in the first round. But if you're saying both are going to start, one's going to be strong, one's going to be free safety, I think that's the way, of course, it would have to work. What I've noticed here from the first round, do you guys know one conference that no player was drafted from? What's that? Big 12. Big 12. No way. Yeah. Yeah, we got three Big 12 grads, of course, Texas, and then Jake and I, Oklahoma State. And not one Big Twelve guy taken. I'm They're, looking. Uh, I'm scrolling down the board here. Like who? Who would be the first? Uh, the first Big Twelve guy off the board? He, Probably he Brees treated. Hall. Could be Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. He could definitely go early second round or even late first round. Um, definitely in that mix. Uh, I mean, you got future future Big Twelve with Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, <laughs> um, but that doesn't count. Petrie uh, would probably be the one that. Yeah, I I think you're right. Yep. And so Jalen Petrie, the really uh, good. the safety out of uh, Baylor, is who we're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, I think that would be. I think he could be the first guy, or Brees Hall, um, or Nick Benito. Just depends on if if a, what teams have guys graded as. Of course, that's one of the. Excuse me. The fascinating parts about the NFL draft is just you have different grades on different guys. So seeing how those guys rank out in the day, it's always a always a fun thing. Always a good yeah. thing to see. Um. All right. Well, Jake, give me give me like your your one minute kind of final comments here as we wrap this wrap this up. Um. I really <laughs> I really hope the draft goes like this on Thursday. Um. I just think it's different you know, when you're drafting almost unbiasedly, because again, we don't have millions of dollars riding on this, but like, I'm also not sitting here listening to the fluff that we get told on NFL live every day. Right. Like I'm not sitting here. <laughs> you, Calvin, you always bring up the Jimmy Clausen agent thing. Um, because there is truth to that. That does happen. And, you know, I, I don't think this is the year as we've seen was there any time that, I mean, I know I drafted the one quarterback, but was there any time where anyone felt just extremely inclined to take one? 
Uh, not necessarily. I, I thought about it with the Saints. Um, yeah, I think the Saints were the closest, the closest call for me because um, they were. I mean, it's still you know them picking at sixteen. Like that's still earlier than I would probably want to take most of these quarterbacks. But it definitely crossed my mind. Um, I would I would have taken Willis. So if Willis was off the board, would you have still taken Pickett for the like? Would you have taken Pickett instead for the Steelers? No. Just done a different position. Yeah, I would have taken different position. Um, if I were Pittsburgh, what pick was that? 20? 20. Um, if I were Pittsburgh, probably um, you took Trevor Penning. Can confirm. Um, I probably would have taken Devontae Wyatt. Mm, whom we Malik love. Wills yeah. Were, yeah, if Malik Wills were not there. There you go. Because the Steelers had one of the only worst defenses rushing than the Chargers. It, Sorry, but. well, no, I mean it's fair. no, no, it's fair, it's fair. Um, the the only time that I was really kind of thinking about taking a quarterback was with one of the two Eagles picks, but I still think that I, that, that's the only. I mean, for the teams that I'm selecting for, that was the only real team that I comes like, yeah, maybe the Buccaneers clearly aren't doing anything. The Chiefs clearly aren't doing anything. I can go back in order and go all the way down. I just, the, the, yeah, the, the one team is pretty much like, okay, when I had the third <clears throat> overall pick with the Texans, that was, that was an opportunity, but definitely not a spot. I mean, just, just the value is not there. And then, like I said, with the Panthers, I think that's a spot, but again, the value is just not there. If, if the Panthers go ahead and take Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, or whoever at six, I could see Matt Rule getting fired midseason. <laughs> I and and that's not that, I don't think but I don't think that's a hot take. I don't. I just think that's one of those where if that's the guy that you're betting the franchise on with that early of a pick, I think Dave Gettleman, the owner for the Panthers, could be like, all right, listen, like if this doesn't work out, you're gone. Basically. Can- can I, I don't mean to bring not, up a whole not new Dave bag. Gettleman, excuse me, not Dave Gettleman. Yeah. But I don't mean to bring up a whole new bag of worms, but you know, if you're the Panthers, you have got to like draw a line in the sand where with McCaffrey. Where he I mean, he gets hurt every year and it's for half the season. Like it, it's it's getting <laughs> to the point where it's like, what what are we doing? If you're the Panthers, like, because you win games when he's playing, you lose when he doesn't. So you've, you've got to, but I don't think, you, I don't think you even win that many games when I, he's healthy. They, they don't, but I'm not sure he makes a huge difference. Not with Sam Darnold. No, but I, I'm not then, then with Mike Willis, then with Kenny Pickett, then with CJ Stroud or. I guess my point is he helps, but if you're going to pay him that much money for him not to play, because it does feel like every year he, I mean, every year we all play. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. He gets drafted high and turned for six games. Well, but we saw it with Saquon Barkley and we saw it with McCaffrey, who the Dave Gettleman thing, that's where it comes back to, right? Like he did both of those, those picks. And I, yeah. I don't think it's a whole new can of worms just because I think it's been well talked about that it's just not the thing to do. 
you just don't take a running back top 10, top 15, top 20. We have our whole entire mock draft, and we have basically a run on tackles, a run on corners, a run on some wide receivers, mm-hmm. and that's the draft. Some safeties and some defensive interior guys. Yeah, when we took, guys, we took I mean, that's, seven that's wide receivers. Yeah. So that's pretty that's that's pretty significant. Um we there's a lot of good safeties in this draft. Yeah. We we took 3 of them, but I think there could be more. Like like there could be more of those guys um you could have you could have a Jaquan Brisker. Um you could have who's the other guy? I think I mislabeled somebody in my in my spreadsheet. Um but these are like you can you can slot in a lot of these guys. I also we had a little mini run on the offensive guards, you know, with Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green. Um, yeah, I just think like it's it's kind of the big uglies in this draft that are that are a spotlight, you know, with all the uh, the uh, offensive tackles early. Edge rushers are obviously a strength too, and then you kind of have one guy who spikes up with the other positions. You know, the the top center. Clearly, you know, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, you've got the top safety, clearly Kyle Hamilton. You've anyway, so it's like I think guys are gonna guys are gonna set themselves apart. I, I'm I'm excited for Thursday. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um yeah, wide receivers and edge rushers. I mean, what more can you say? Yeah, and I I think you know, the point that, you know, Patrick, you and I haven't known each other for more than a year, but Calvin and I have talked about this at nauseum where it's just like, don't force feed quarterbacks. If he's not better than the guy on your roster, don't take it. If he's not better today than the guy on your roster, you probably shouldn't do it because there will always be next year and you'll probably still be just as bad. Probably. And it's like, you know, it's like, are you going to draft a quarterback to still be bad? No, but you'd rather you'd rather build that. It, I don't I don't want to get on like a whole football cliche thing, but you'd rather build the foundation first, and then mm-hmm. do the quarterback thing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely two schools of thought. I mean, the Jets are the Jets are doing it the opposite way. Like they they drafted their quarterback and had nobody around him, you know, except a couple mm-hmm. pieces maybe on defense. And, you know, time will tell. I mean, if, if this year, if, if the Jets don't show any improvement this year, if the Jets pick in the top three, top four next year again, then Zach Wilson will be a failure, in my opinion. I don't think you yeah. can give him any more time than that because they, they've, it's not like they've done crazy things, you know, to, to, to put stuff around him. But then on the other hand, you have the Bengals who have kind of quietly been drafting extremely well and just and just building up, like you say, this foundation, this core of the team. And then two years ago, you insert Joe Burrow into it or arguably last year, you know, his first full season, you insert Joe Burrow into it. And look what happens. So that's where that, already, that's where I agree. They already with you. had a defense, right? Like the, the Bengals already had the defense. I mean, the defense started playing really well about the same time Joe Burrow showed up and arguably probably, probably not a yeah, and probably I mean probably most notably just in the second half of their Super Bowl season. So Yeah, and they also do? hired a good coach, yep. which helps. Which was not clear at first. People were not sure about Zach Taylor until <laughs> until now. So I, I gotta say, Correct. I'm 
I'm still one of those guys where Zach Taylor walks down the street. I'm not sure I'd recognize him. He's a dude. He is absolutely. He's, he's a, a dude. dude. He's yeah. not necessarily a guy. He's <laughs> no, a he's a guy. You know, I mean, he's just a guy <laughs> being a dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude's if you saw him on the street, if you were just driving and you saw him walking down the street, you'd say, "That's just that. That's a guy being a dude." It's the same with it's the same with Dan Campbell, except Dan Campbell will have a speech ready to go, you know, explaining the difference between a guy and a dude. I I feel like I feel like Dan Campbell, no matter what, is a guy. I'd recognize Dan Campbell. I'm not sure Zach Taylor could walk down. Zach Taylor could walk down the street wearing a hat. Never would recognize him. Same same thing, of course, for Dan Campbell. But main difference here is is that Zach Taylor will keep walking down the street. He might see me wearing a Bengals shirt. Give me a thumbs up. Keep walking. If I'm wearing a Lions shirt, I think Dan Campbell's ready to give me the hey hey wait 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 let's get a photo. Hang on a second. What am I? You know whatever whatever right like. Maybe he's proactively selling his program. Zach Taylor's like, put his head. Down. I don't have to sell it on the yeah. street. I can sell it on the field. Dan Campbell's selling it on, you know, there you go. And, and maybe that's just wait that actually, I know that's just way too in the weeds. So trying to be funny. So <laughs> I think, I think we can go ahead and end it out here. Um, if you haven't already, please follow the CGA tour on Twitter, Instagram for more. There is a current graphic going up as we speak. In a reply tweet to this podcast of the entire, you know, mock draft First simulator man. that we just did. Um, so if you want to go ahead and check it out there, please do. And just um, imagine at home, if we had continued into the second round, think about how many quarterbacks are going to get taken in that second round of this, <laughs> of this, uh, this potential draft. Well, so uh, it could be a really exciting day too, for sure. So I did have some fun. I have three questions for you guys. Okay. Okay. Turn this out. Yeah. Second round quarterbacks over or under three. You mean given three? This, so, given so, this so, first round? so, so, no, no, I'm just, I'm saying the draft on Thursday. Oh, okay. The over under is set at three for the amount of quarterbacks taken in the second round on the NFL. Well, excuse me, on Friday, I guess. But that's where it's at, right? Mm. The over under set at three. Jake, are you going over or under? I'm saying personally, under just because I think it'll be two, but I uh, I don't know. I maybe two. Maybe I should have set the I number weirdly, at three and a half. We'll see. I mean, I, yeah, I weirdly think three is is just about right. I think you have. I think you probably have Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, and Sam Howell. Sam Howell. But that was my three as well. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be under three. So I'd say if anything, you take the over. If you take it, you take the over because you could so, you could have a fourth guy slide in there somewhere, you know, at the end of the second round or something. But I, yeah, I think three is probably about right. All right, then for Thursday, over or under is set at um over is this under an set actual at, over under. Or no, you, no, I'm just making these up. numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. no, no, I, I have these three questions going in, but I'm I'm changing the number here. But over and under set at one and a half for amount of Big Twelve players drafted on Thursday in the first round. One and a half. We're going over or under? Under. I mean, yeah, I think it has to be under. I, I, yeah. I don't think. We just did our whole one and we didn't even have one taken. And I'm saying we might have two. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because I'm looking at it like who who would get in there? And and you're right. I think Jalen Petri. Uh, how do you say it? Petri? Petri? I think it's Petri. Yeah. Like okay. a Petri dish. Yeah. All right. So Jalen Petri, he's a possibility, but still, I mean, he, I think most people would still have him as a second round guy. 
And then after that, I don't know. I, I really don't know who you have. It's it's it was. It, I didn't want to bring up you know a little bit of a self own here, but um, Texas may not have a single player drafted. Um, we'll have to see. It'll either be Cameron Dicker, Dicker the kicker, uh, or or it'll be uh, Thompson, the the cornerback. And neither of those guys are going anywhere close to the first half of the draft, let alone the first round. So. I think- Brees Hall is probably the best bet to get taken in the first round. I agree. And I don't see, uh, yeah, I just don't see it being two. If, I mean, it certainly is not going to be more than two. No. All right. Then the last, I, I, I'm, I'm going under as well. Um, the last, last one I have here, I'm looking back at our simulator results just to kind of remind myself. The last one I have is, is that what would shock you more? A quarterback taken in the top 10 or Ada Hutchinson not going number one overall? Uh, the If there's no quarterback, you said if there's What no? would shock you more? A quarterback going in the top 10 in the draft oh. or Aiden Hutchinson not being draft number one? Oh, then hey, Aiden Hutchinson not being number one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Which, which is still, it's not a foregone conclusion. Um, but I think it's a near certainty that somebody is going to take a, a quarterback in the, in the top 10. To me, it should be the, um, to me, it should be the Seahawks. To me, the Seahawks need a quarterback <laughs> as bad as anybody. Um, but you hear a lot of things about the Panthers. So I'm not up on all the team rumors and the team news. Like, you know, apparently there's a bunch of reports that the Panthers are completely smitten with Kevin, with Kenny Pickett. But I don't know anything about that. You know, you can just read the rumors and believe what you want to believe. Um, but I kind of do think there will be a quarterback in the top ten. So yeah, I'll take the I'll take the, the the Hutchinson. I would be more surprised if there was not a quarterback taken in the top ten. Same here, just okay. because I think the Jaguars could do anything with that first pick. And besides quarterback, I, of course, or running back yeah, or wide receiver. I and, mean, but they could take another defensive guy, and I'd be like, okay, all right, whatever. In in my non-expert opinion, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is worthy of a number one pick. Um, in a, in a different just, year, yeah, that might be true. Yeah, and, and, you know, that could just be because <laughs> – for the value, you know, it's weird the way we look at it, but for the value, you you would argue that you're getting better value for a later pick. Anywhere after one, you are probably getting a better value for any guy that you draft. Um, but Hutchinson getting mocked to one, I think in any other year, he's probably not. And, you know, nobody yeah. would take nobody would take Kyle Hamilton with one, as far as we know. Um, but I think in other years, he probably would be a number two pick. Even he might be that I know I picked him, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think in other years he could have been a number two pick. I just, it's hard for me just to like pump the media machine into my head and say, yes, I'm taking Aiden Hutchinson. If I am the Jaguars. Well, again, I mean, there's um, two schools of thought. Cause you either, you either think that way and you say, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take Aiden Hutchinson just because everyone says he's the best. But right, I also think like sometimes you just take the obvious guy. 
Yeah, and you just don't I look back. The Jaguars yeah. are super, super capable of screwing up having an, a first overall pick, and so I don't think they will. I think they'll. I don't think they'll take a guy with any risk. I think they just stick with the stick with the commodity. Sounds good to me. Well, with all that being said here, thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining, Jake and Patrick. Um, thank you guys. For the two-hour NFL mock draft <laughs> special. Always good to be here. Could probably talk for another two hours about the draft if uh, if invited. So, Well, Maybe Thursday night we'll have a round one recap. TBD. TBD. We'll see. Maybe this, Friday this, we do it or something, too. This podcast will still be shorter than the real draft. Correct. True. Oh, yeah. All right. With that being said, thanks so much, guys, and we'll catch you again soon. Peace.